I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast, where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm also your host, Jeff. And tonight, we have Sound Guy Tom here. Check one, two, check one, two. And also, we're speaking with Joel Geyer of The Brewery Travels. Welcome, Joel. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to having some conversation tonight. Yeah, so Joel, welcome, and thank you so much for for calling in and and being with us. Can you give us a little bit of background about what Brewery Travels uh, is, where you're located, and, and kind of what you do? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so again, my name is Joel Geyer, better known as Brewery Travels on social media. It's basically kind of started out as, I guess, a hobby. I've, I've always been a craft beer drinker. Uh, I grew up in rural Iowa, but my dad always had craft beer in his fridge. And so that was just always kind of where I was leaning towards. And so I started, you know, visiting breweries here and there. And it was around, I was probably around 25, 30 breweries where I decided, hey, you know, I should kind of keep track of all the breweries that I go to. And I gradually, I guess you could say, became very obsessive about it, uh, became a very passionate hobby of mine. Uh, and my wife worked as a travel nurse for a year. And so we kind of bounced around and lived all over the country, which certainly helped kind of accelerate the process of it. Uh, we currently live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, and as of Today, I believe I've been to 574 breweries across 40 states plus the District of Columbia. And basically, I, I travel these breweries. I take notes at all of them. Uh, since brew number 56, I've taken notes on every beer I've drank at the breweries and take notes on the tap room and the atmosphere and the history if necessary. And then I record it all on spreadsheets and keep pretty diligent track of it all. And then uh, the big part of it is that I'm, I share all of this. With every visit, I do a post on both Twitter and Instagram you know, highlighting the beers that I drank and, t- and sharing pictures that I took. I've also written articles now for a couple of years. I used to write for a website uh, called Sambeer. And I recently, though, just started my own website, thebrewerytravels.com, where I write all sorts of articles, um, including my brewery travel series, which highlights breweries from specific cities and regions, um, as well as kind of some other articles as well, uh, which, you know, we'll kind of dive into at some point. But yeah, it's just something that I, I've really enjoyed doing because each brewery truly is unique. And they all have their own story to tell, both in terms of the beer that they, that they brew and the people behind it. Just really fascinating to me to kind of learn all of these stories. So, yeah, I guess that that's kind of how we got here. Uh, you know, it's just something that started off as, you know, oh, hey, this is kind of fun and, you know, gradually became something more than that. It's very cool. It's like you're the guy that most people sit there and go, hey, this would be fun to do this. And you actually kind of seized it and, and have run with it. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know. I started all these accounts and everything for my, basically for my own enjoyment and for my own, you know, being able to keep track of it all. And thankfully, I guess other people have enjoyed being able to follow along. So, yeah. He's Joel Geyer, man of action. That's right, man of action. So I was look, actually looking at your website. It's a very cool website. When you read the little, you know, intro or about me or introduction, it talks about your senior year in college. You were at your first craft brewery or whatever. What was that first brewery? Do you remember? Yeah, it was single speed brewing in uh, Cedar Falls, Iowa. So I went to a small uh, Division three school uh, about 20 minutes north of there. And I guess Cedar Falls, Iowa would be, if anyone follows March Madness at all, you know, a few years ago when uh, U- University of Northern Iowa beat Kansas uh, in the second round, 
University of Northern Iowa, that's where Cedar Falls is located. So. Oh, very cool. Yep. Tying it all together. <laughs> we had some single speed sent to us by a uh, listener, Dave. That, that was victory dance, wasn't it? I believe so. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. He sent us some very, very good stuff. Inspired by the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so you gave us your brewery count. That was a question I had. Uh, how about some of the secret finds, either cities or, or breweries that you've run across that uh, you want to reveal, reveal to everyone that, uh, Everyone should know about these. Yeah. So uh, one of my articles you can actually go find on my website uh, is actually about underrated beer cities, uh, kind of cities that are, you know, generally smaller or, you know, kind of fly under the radar uh, for, for, you know, various reasons. Um, one in particular that I absolutely fell in love with last summer was Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, it's, you know, way up north there, right on the shore, uh, Lake Superior. And the beer was just phenomenal. I think I went to, you know, 10 or 11 breweries and it just felt like all of them just had quality stuff. Um, two in particular, uh, Bent Paddle and Castle Danger just had just great stuff across the board. And the one thing I really liked, especially about Castle Danger, is that their beers, they weren't, you know, your, your trendy styles. They weren't offering up milkshake IPAs and pastry stouts and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Because don't get me wrong, I, I love that kind of stuff too. But it was, you know, they had a cream ale and an amber ale and a pale ale, and it just was hitting the nail right on the head every single time. Um, but some other really cool cities that kind of, you know, may not get the same love nationally. Uh, Missoula, Montana is great. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee has a lot of really good options, and that's a larger city uh, where there's kind of more to do. Uh, just off the top of my head, I'm obviously biased towards my, you know, my city here in Milwaukee, but just in general, I think the one thing I always stress to people is that there's good beer pretty much everywhere at this point. And I've mentioned that before in my, in some of my other writings that really, no matter where you go, you're going to be able to find good beer being made, you know, places like Albuquerque, New Mexico, Indianapolis is another one that I mentioned. Speaking of individual breweries, I guess I, there is one that comes to mind. Uh, when we were making a road trip through the only brewery that I've been to in Wyoming is in Laramie, Wyoming, called Altitude, Altitude Brewing and uh, Chop House, I believe. And I had done some previous kind of research before stopping there. I knew they had won, you know, some awards. I think they had, you know, a couple GABF medals even. And I went in there and I tried, I think, seven or eight beers because the, the head brewer ended up coming over and talking to me. And it was just amazing. They had a wheat ale that was just one of the best I've had anywhere. And it was just so cool to kind of stumble onto this little place, you know, in Wyoming that you don't hear about on a national level at all, but that was just making phenomenal beer. But yeah, so that's just, you know, kind of, I guess, a little touch of it. But in, in general, I could talk, like I said, I've got notes from all of them. Uh, there's pretty much no matter where I've gone, I've been able to find good beer being made. That's very cool. One place we always shout out is Davis, California. And uh, starting with Three Mile Brewing, who we interviewed uh, last week as a place that people don't have on their radar, but if you're within uh, the Sacramento area, take the 20, 25 minute drive over to Davis, California. Yeah. I'll have to see about getting, so I actually have, my grandparents live in Napa. And so we get, we get over in that direction, you know, generally once a year, at least depending on how much time I end up having, but no, that that's good to know. That's great. Cause I know the Sacramento area in general is one that I believe is kind of, kind of gets Flies under the radar because, you know, generally when you think San Diego or California beer, you know, you're thinking San Diego, the Bay Area, even L.A. to a certain extent. But, you know, Sacramento, I know, has a pretty booming scene, too. 
Yeah, we, we've spent some time there. It's, it's a great, great place to go. And I, on Twitter, you and I discussed this a little bit, Joel. I, I put the word out on Vista, California. We don't consider ourselves part of the uh, San Diego metro area. Uh, we talked about that a little bit, uh, you and I, and, and some people mm-hmm. responded to that. There's too much traffic to get to the San Diego metro area. So yeah. don't lump Vista, California in with the rest of San Diego. We, we love being in San Diego County, but they've got a brew scene all of their own up here in North County. Yeah, there, there's a, I, I only got up there a handful of times because like you said, we, we were living, my, my other grandparents lived down at Benita and that's where we were staying when we were there. And yeah, I know my, my wife was working up by Poway. So she was making, you know, the close to hour commute at times, you know, from trying to get up there. Uh, An hour to drive 18 miles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One of my favorite beers from my time out in San Diego was the bear cookie from bear roots right there in Vista. Yeah. yeah, That is just a phenomenal beer. And I, and I mean, I admit, uh, if, if, you know, people follow along, I, I do have a certain slight bias towards like peanut butter stouts, but this one was better than the rest. It was absolutely phenomenal. Just really, really good. And, um, some other ones I went up to in North County, I know I went to uh, a Burgeon up there, um, lost Abbey. Um, so, you know, I went to some, you know, I went to try to, I tried to hit up some of like the, you know, the bigger names, but I know there's a lot more up there that I haven't been to. So hopefully at some point I'll have more time to kind of venture up and really wind my way through the scene up there. Well, make sure that you let us know. Absolutely. Yeah, let us know. We will definitely uh, take you around to some of our favorites. But closer to home, what, what are some of your favorite breweries in your neighborhood that you want to kind of give a shout out to? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, oh, Milwaukee, I mean, I, I love a lot of breweries here. Eagle Park is one of my favorites in terms of the beer. You know, they were ones I was talking before about some like the milkshake IPAs and, and like pastry stouts and sours. Like they, they do excellent work in all those kind of categories. Um, some other really good breweries, including, you know, Lakefront is great. Third Space and City Lights both have had GABF medals. City Lights just won a silver for their Hazy IPA, which is, you know, the most competitive category there is. Uh, and then Third Space has a Scottish Rye Ale, which is one of my favorite beers, like just always in my fridge, one of my favorite beers. And it's won three GABF, GABF medals. Uh, some other really good ones in the area, Raised Grain, Good City. Uh, you know, I could go on and on, but. That just kind of gives you a little idea. I think we don't have the sheer numbers quite that San Diego does, but we are, you know, we're getting up there. You know, I think, I don't know, I'm trying to, off the top of my head, in the metro area, we probably have at least 50. Um, and I know a few more are going to be opening up soon. So, you know, in the process of continuing to grow the scene, but really we have some really great stalwarts that just kind of, you know, are, are holding it down for us. What was your uh, first uh, wow beer? Joel, do you remember which beer you had where you just, you drank it and you said, I did not know beer like that. I I do actually. Um, It was, so the year after, so my my wife and I got married the month after graduating from college and we actually moved out to Eugene, Oregon, like the next month. And we were at a place called Growler Guys in Eugene, Oregon, where you could, you know, you fill at that point, you fill up your growler. They had like 40 different, 40 plus beers on tap. And I was still very much at that point, you know, I was only, I was, I was not quite 23 yet. And so I was still, you know, working my way through, you know, I'd been trying some different beers and, you know, figuring out what I liked and I hadn't tried sour ales yet. Okay. 
And the guy I was with was old, like he was more experienced with the beer. And he said, Hey, like try this. And it was the cucumber crush from 10 barrel brewing. And although I myself kind of at this point only stick to independent breweries at that point, I did not have that kind of mindset. So, you know, I, and I, and I drank it and it, it was the first sour ale I'd ever had, which is now my favorite style. And that was the one time I distinctly remember being like, Oh, Oh, wow. Like this is something completely different and I really like it. Um, so yeah, that, that would be the first time that I remember drinking a beer and being like completely like blown away by this is what, a, like this can, this is an actual beer. Nice. And, and I saw in your article about San Diego in your honor, I'm drinking a uh, Mickler raspberry blush right now. Oh my goodness. That is such a good beer. That was, that's absolutely phenomenal. And by the way, I, I know that no one can see me, but I am, I didn't even mean to do this, but I realized about an hour ago, I'm actually wearing my stone brewing company t-shirt uh-huh. uh, because I, I bought it because it was actually my 300, it was my 300th brewery. And so I bought a shirt when I was there and, you know, and did the tour and, and everything. So yeah, it just kind of worked, worked out well in that way. Now that would be a great talent question. How much swag do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much swag do you have? Um, so I I have a number of shirts. I've I used to I used to buy more, but at this point I've I've mostly limited to kind of buying a shirt at the milestone breweries. So like, you know, four hundred, five hundred, and eventually six hundred. But uh I do have plenty of other ones, of course, some that were gifted to me, others that, you know, I did end up buying. Uh, I did used to, when, when we first lived in Oregon, like before I got into this, I bought pint glasses from a lot of the breweries there. Um, so I pro- I have probably, you know, 12 to 15 pint glasses from different breweries, but I stopped doing that because, you know, that that's one thing that adds up very quickly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, I pretty much stick to, I, I always ask if I can take a coaster um, and stickers. I have several like large scrapbooks that I kind of put all the coasters and stickers into, uh, which is just kind of a nice little token to remember some of the trips by, but yeah, no, I, and I have, a, I think I have a couple, you know, bottle openers, of course, but uh, for the most part, you know, I do, I do have a number of t-shirts, but I try to refrain from purchasing too often just because, you know, <laughs> when you go to as many as I do, if you, if you buy beer and you buy t-shirts, it, the costs will add up very, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, we, we we understand that we've we've <laughs> we've had a couple yeah. of our brewery trips where the the uh you come home and you go wow i don't remember buying all that stuff <laughs> especially yeah. when you're there and after about the fifth or sixth year you start going whoa well, i'll just buy whatever you know so it's uh it's that's pretty funny so <laughs> i i would do my plan on a lot of those trips is when we go you know we're, we would head out for a week plus or whatever we're gonna hit you know 30 breweries um I wouldn't, I would only pack enough clothes for the first day in terms of, I, I'd bring one shirt and then I was going to buy a shirt each day. So that I, so if I wanted a clean shirt, I had to buy a shirt at a brewery. And so that's how it, it starts to add up after a while. Well, I mean, that, that's a, that's a smart way to do it. I mean, I, I, I like that because then you're kind of, you know, you're able to collect it, but then you're having to, it's almost like, you know, you're, you're taking that extra step to kind of push yourself to, to, to support the local businesses. That's what you're doing. That's what you have to tell yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's what we tell ourselves. Yeah, until you come home and you see how many brewery shirts you have and you don't have enough room for them. But that's okay. That's a whole other whole <laughs> yeah. problem and issue to have. So, and it's a good problem to have. Yeah. My problem is I don't fit into the shirts by the time we're done with our brewery tour. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I sometimes have those, those on the same night where I'm like, yeah, I can fit into that large, no problem. <laughs> and you, you get home and you go, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, Joe, we want to thank you for finding a way to entertain us during March Madness with your uh, Brewery Madness Tournament. Can you tell us a little bit about what you organized, how you put it together, and, and how it went? Yeah, for sure. I am a, first and foremost, I grew up, I, I'm a diehard sports fan. Yeah, I actually played some basketball in college. Uh, it's something that I'm I'm really passionate about, and I've I have made my own brackets when I was in elementary school, even. And uh, March Madness has always been kind of my favorite uh, sporting event every year. Just the the chaos that ensues with the bracket uh, each year. And so when obviously kind of everything has happened with the virus, and as things shut, you know, started to shut down and get canceled, you know, it was kind of a shock to realize that hey, like this is real. You know, sports are not going to happen, and that includes March Madness. And so, you know, kind of after the initial shock wore off, I decided, you know, I still would like to do some sort of bracket. And, you know, I decided, well, you know, let's do it kind of, the, you know, the brewery travel style. And so I decided to do a 64, quote, you know, team bracket, uh, just, you know, and except instead of college basketball teams, it would be breweries from around the country. And it was, I guess you could say, a difficult and delicate process trying to select you know, the different breweries. And I talk about that in, in the article that I post on the website that there were a lot of things to balance uh, because you wanted, I, I, well, I really wanted to include breweries from as many places as I could feasibly because obviously California had the most, they ended up with five. And it's just, I mean, there's just too many big names in California to leave some off just for the sake of trying to add in, you know, another state or area. But I wanted to make sure that it was very diverse uh, geographically. Uh, and then I also the, the bigger factor, though, that was that was difficult to weigh was balancing, you know, perceived quality for the familiarity with the breweries, uh, because, you know, the breweries like, you know, Sierra Nevada and Stone and Bells and Allagash, those are breweries that, you know, basically everyone knows. Maybe not, I mean, probably not 100 percent, but most craft beer drinkers know those, you know, true big named breweries. Uh, and then you kind of have like your middle tier where, you know, they still distribute like to a large portion of the country. And then you have, you know, your small local breweries. And a lot of these small local breweries, of course, as you know, many people know, are the ones that often are kind of, you know, ranked very highly in regards to, you know, the actual quality of the beer. You know, when you go on to, you know, some of like the top rated beer, you know, like uh, rate beer or whatever, their top 100 breweries in the world. You know, Hill Farmstead is, you know, number one. And then Side Project in St. Louis, Missouri is two. Treehouse is three. Well, those breweries don't distribute. And so if you don't live there or you don't know someone that can get you beer from there and you don't and, you know, if you don't have the ability to just fly to wherever those breweries are to visit them, you most people are not going to have that beer. And if people are not familiar with the beer and familiar with the, the brewery itself, they not only might not vote, they just, you know, they might not participate in general. And so it was a process to try to decide, okay, like I knew that those breweries that I mentioned, they were all included, but there were other kind of smaller breweries that are well-regarded. If you are truly like deep into the craft scene, if you understand the quality aspects of it, you, you may recognize the name, but for the general public, I wanted to make sure that more of the names were at least somewhat like, okay, I have heard of that name before. Uh, and then once I kind of narrowed it down to 64, I decided to seed them by region, uh, which was done because I figured at least early on then, if someone was familiar with one brewery, they would 
be familiar with the other brewery, meaning it was easier to vote because I didn't, I did end up having people tell me that they basically didn't vote for several matchups because they weren't familiar with breweries from that region, which is perfectly fine. And in some ways, you know, Admiral that they didn't just try to vote for whoever. But anyway, so once once this was all done, of course, you know, I had, the, you know, I don't know if backlash is the right word because no one was super, you know, upset about it. But, you know, oh, you left this so and such and such brewery off, which is going to happen. I mean, when, when you're trying to narrow down the nation's breweries to 64, that's an impossible task. And it just right. points to how deep, you know, the, the field would be for breweries in America. But anyway, so this tournament was set up. So they were all polls on Twitter. They were, you know, 23-hour polls on Twitter that anyone could vote on. And the first round took four days because I didn't want to do more than eight matchups per day. And we, so we eventually would, you know, we worked our way through. I think it took 10 days to work through the entire bracket. But it was just a lot of fun because, like I said, I tagged all the breweries, which became a kind of crucial part of it. Uh, if you go to... Again, I've I've been mentioning the article I posted on my website, thebrewerytravels.com, that includes a picture of the final bracket. So you can go there and look at all the matchups and see how everything kind of played out. I'm just going to try to hit some of the highlights overall. The overall winner was Trogues Brewing from Pennsylvania, which was, I think, a surprise to pretty much everyone. Yeah. Um, besides maybe people from Pennsylvania. Uh, but even they, I think, to a certain extent, w- would be surprised to see that they actually beat everyone. Because when you go through the list of the breweries they beat, Trillium, Allagash, Treehouse, The Alchemist, Bells, and Russian River. That is a murderer's row of breweries that they overcame. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think you could have drawn up a much more difficult path than that, if I'm being perfectly honest. But I already mentioned kind of one way, yeah, one of the factors at play, which was kind of the distribution map and how familiar people are with the beer. But the other one was the fact that I was tagging the breweries in all of these polls. And some of the breweries would retweet it or, you know, favorite it, whatever the case would be. And Trogues was by far the most active with this. They would retweet it. They would like and retweet comments. They were quote tweeting it. And you could basically tell what had happened because early on in every single matchup, they would be trailing, sometimes by a substantial margin. And then after they would retweet it, you would all of a sudden see it. You would slowly, sometimes, but surely they would be a a surge of votes and they would eventually overtake whoever they were matched up with. I mentioned this in the article to kind of point out like what it meant. Overall, for all of the polls combined, they averaged about 215 votes each. The matchups in the polls featuring Trogues ended up averaging 440 votes. Wow. So they got a lot more people involved. They did. So, and that is not to say that that is a bad thing. They absolutely deserve to win because all of the, all of the breweries, all of the breweries in this bracket make great beer. I mean, you, you don't get on this bracket without making good beer. And so, I mean, I mean, to a certain extent, participation should count for something. The fact that they wanted to be part of this tournament, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if I hadn't tagged any breweries and how it would have played out differently. Uh, because right. even though I was honestly pretty happy with the overall participation, I don't have, you know, I don't have, you know, 50,000 followers, you know, to the point where 
the vote count could have offset any changes that, like if the brewery would have added you know a couple hundred votes right that's enough in this case to kind of completely swing matchups uh, which you know and i mentioned this in the article too there were some other upsets that happened in the first round at least that were also at least due in part to you know the brewery retweeting it or quoting it whatever the case may be right but that's kind of cool and that's kind of i think part of the the idea of this is to get people talking and involved and you know, just if you go by March Madness in general, one of the great parts about that tournament is 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 the fans, right? So the fans that that rally around their local, you know, team or their small team, and you have these upsets and that kind of thing. So in some ways, you you are able to replicate that, you know, here in, in your bracket. They all traveled well. Well, and and honestly, I think the thing that made me the happiest about it was that I had several people comment to me that they appreciated this tournament because it it introduced them to breweries that they had not heard of or not completely familiar with. They may have heard of, but didn't realize that they were to that level of a good, you know, a good brewery. Right. Um, you know, cause I remember I was talking to someone about, I, I mentioned side project already cause they were ranked the number two brewery in the world by rate beer. And someone was shocked by that. And they said, Oh wow. Like I need to get over there sometime to, you know, Check it out. get to St. Louis and, and try their beer sometime. Right. Uh, cause, right. And then that's just a big part of it is that I think people don't realize that, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, there's great beer being made any, everywhere. And that was part of this tournament is kind of showcasing that, that no matter where you live, there's great breweries in your region. Right. So I have a question for you. Have you been to all 64 of these breweries? <laughs> I have not. I have not. <laughs> no. Um, I nope. counted it okay. up. I, I'm trying to, I, I know I, I wrote it on somewhere. I believe it was either like, I think it was, it was 28 to 30, somewhere in there of the breweries I've been to on here. Okay. Um, About half of them. So there's still there's still plenty of work for me to do. Right. I would say the the biggest misses I've had was that I, I've been very close to Treehouse and, you know, within an hour of Hill Farmstead and didn't get to either. So those oh, yeah, are the two that I, I, yeah, which it's unfortunate. But again, when you're traveling with a wife who doesn't drink beer, uh, sometimes, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a balance. Your wife is a saint, then, because if she allows yes, you to go she to is. as many brewers as you can, oh well, like and, and it, exactly, and her career basically enabled me to do this to a certain extent, and yeah. you know we've talked about doing something similar in the future uh, with traveling full time, and I mean, and she hundred percent you know supports all this, and uh, you know she always enjoys being able to go to the milestone breweries, and she will occasionally come to some of the breweries when food is involved too, though, right? Um, so because I'm sure you guys have realized this too, I mean. I don't know that I've ever been to a brewery and had their food and been like disappointed with it. So, no, I agree. That's, yeah. Yeah. So no, very cool. And so in terms of just that talking about what are, what are some of your next adventures as far as traveling for, for breweries? So, I mean, obviously, you know, everything's kind of, we're, we're, we're figuring things out. I had trips booked. Uh, I was supposed to go to Austin, Texas at the end of April with my dad uh, it was actually supposed to be a graduation present. I just finished my master's degree in December, and this was kind of my wife's present to me. Was you know was a was a big brewery trip with my dad. Um, and then in May we had flights booked to Honolulu. So we also had already talked about going back out to California in August, and even doing a Pennsylvania trip, hitting up Pittsburgh and Philadelphia in August. Um, Philadelphia, I have a 15 month old or no 16 month old who is very into Sesame Street. And people may not realize this, but Sesame Street has like a Disney World-esque park in Philadelphia or outside of Philadelphia. Oh. Um, so we were going to go there for that. All right. Uh, but we may have to push that back now because 
as everyone knows, right now traveling is, is not happening. Uh, and so my trips to both Austin and then our family trip to Hawaii uh, will be getting pushed back. Uh, thankfully, you know, if everything I read is is that, you know, these travel, you know, both the, the airlines and, you know, hotels and car rentals are all being, you know, very gracious and working with you in terms of being able to move your tickets. Yeah. So it's just a matter of when uh, we get to these places, but I would say the, uh, I'm very excited. I feel like Austin is kind of the the, the ones, the biggest beer city that has eluded me to this point. I would say Richmond, Virginia is up there in Seattle. I've been to Seattle, but just not, not any breweries, but those are the three that I would say. And Austin's the one that I most wanted to get to, especially specifically just for King. Right. That is the one that, I'm very, very excited about getting to. And my brother is right there. So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, th- those are great spots. Yep. Um, all right. So, you've got a new tournament getting started. Can you tell us a little bit about it and how people can get involved and stuff? Yeah, for sure. So, I, I, the first one, I guess, was so popular that I decided, hey, we should do something. We should do another one because right now, most people don't have much else going on. And it was nice to get something folks, folks, something to look forward to. Uh, so we are now doing, starting tomorrow actually, but it's going to be running for, like I said, 10 days, is Beer City Madness. And so it's essentially the same the same exact setup where you have 64 quote-unquote teams, but instead of doing individual breweries, they are cities from all over the United States. And the best part about this is that no one can get upset with me about the selection or seating because the general public did that for me. Uh, back in January, I actually, yes, I actually asked kind of a discussion question. Uh, I asked uh, people if, if you knew someone that had never experienced craft beer in the USA, what five cities do you send them to? And it kind of ended up blowing up. I had over 150 people kind of involved in the conversation and 102 different cities got mentioned. Nice. So, I actually, because I'm, you know, like I said, I'm very diligent, you know, keeping track of like stats and that kind of stuff. I tracked all the responses and recorded how many times each city was mentioned. And I then, I didn't actually anticipate using it for this purpose, but I then took the list that I had and I seeded the entire bracket based off of the number of votes that each city got. So Denver is the number one overall seed. Uh, with I think I don't remember the exact number of votes, but then San Diego is the two seed. Portland, Oregon is the overall number three seed. Chicago is the overall number four seed. Um, and then the two seeds are you know Asheville, Portland, Maine, Grand Rapids, um, and you know and so on and so forth. So it's it's it was an interesting way to seed it because I, I personally would have made some changes, but for the most part I feel like you know all the you know the kind of the, the top tier cities are on there, uh, and it'll be the same format where all the polls will be on Twitter. So it'll be to the public. And as we kind of already discussed, a big factor is just going to be kind of what cities get that participation rate up. And, you know, if yeah, yeah, certain, right. yeah rallying. exactly. I know for San Diego, I saw Alesmith tweeted about it. I mean, if if some of the big breweries get behind some of these cities, I mean, they're just I mean, that, that there's going to be some really interesting matchups down the road. And I'm sure we're going to see at least a few kind of trogues moments where we see yeah, some of these. Yeah, some of these lesser-known cities that may kind of you know get their 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 following or whatever the case is to kind of pump it up. And it wouldn't be March March Madness without some upsets. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would be pretty boring if if all the upper seeds won. Exactly. Yeah. 
All right, so I, I, have a, I have a March Madness kind of question for both your brackets. Uh, typically, uh, you know, when they break down the brackets, they always talk about bubble teams. Yeah. So what were some of your bubble breweries and maybe some of your bubble cities? Ooh. Um, so, well, I'll start with the, with the cities. When I was looking at, I know for me personally, I, we already mentioned Sacramento. I think that was a city that could have been on here. Um, Columbus, Ohio is one that is not on here that probably could have been, uh, Orlando, Florida would have, could have been on there. Cause again, you're comparing it to, you know, some of like, like the 15, 16 seeds, right. uh, you know, you're looking at, right. You know, you have Washington, DC, Washington, DC, Honolulu, Anchorage, Wichita, um, Miami. Um, and then there's also, you know, there's a number cause Munster, Indiana, green, uh, Greensboro, Bend, Vermont, and Stowe, Vermont all only have one brewery. Uh, granted, you know, obviously that one brewery is kind of, you know, national or world renowned, but yeah, so I guess th th those would be the, the kind of the couple misses, um, for brewery madness, you know, there were several, you know, I, I kind of have, you know, in terms of the Midwest, especially there were more that I, I would have probably considered, uh, you know, shorts brewing in Michigan, uh, instead of one of the others in Michigan, I almost had great lakes brewing from Cleveland in there. Um, in Ohio, because that's that's one that's a, a larger uh, brewery with a larger distribution footprint. But I actually talked with a few people trying to get their their opinion and went a different direction. California, like I said, was really tough because the five from California, Sierra Nevada, Firestone Walker, Stone, um, Ale Smith, and Russian River. You hit the big one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, you, I think you did a good job with California. There's so many breweries, top to bottom, and everybody's going to have their opinion. But I mean, I think you picked the big ones, and that, that's kind of the ones that that are when you're talking about having a national recognition. I think you nailed it. Yeah, well, and again, and, and part of it, you know, having the breweries that have done a lot for craft beer, also, you know, is it was important to me. Correct. But I mean, Oregon, you know, Oregon, there's full sail. There's there's Boneyard and in, in Bend. I mean, there, there's there's several that in both California and Oregon, but I didn't want to have an entire bracket full of California and Oregon because even though that may be worthy, um, right? I already had enough people in my mentions from the Northeast that saying that like Massachusetts and Maine and Vermont and um, didn't have enough representation, and you know you should have had more from there, and which I understand. I mean, to a certain extent, one could argue that I always said, you know the the bracket with kind of the West coast and, and Colorado, and then the bracket with kind of new England uh, that stretched from Maine down to kind of Pennsylvania. Um, those were the two deeper brackets uh, in terms of talent, the West coast kind of in terms of the big names that have a more national footprint and new England has kind of the more, I guess you could call them like the higher, like the trendier names, you know, the Hill farmstead alchemist, you know, Treehouse, other half that those kind those kind of breweries that, Although they don't distribute as wide as as wide, they are still very well known. So yeah, it was like I said, it it, it was difficult, uh, but it was a lot of fun. I mean, more, more first and foremost, it was fun to do. So and I did limit myself to two breweries from Wisconsin, uh, which I thought was was fair. That's yeah, very good. There you go. <laughs> and neither, and and if anyone is worrying about my follower, like because I my, my followers are pretty spread out because of the travel nursing and living all over the place. Neither of the Wisconsin breweries even made it out of the second round. So worrying about the you know the Midwest bias, you know, I don't think folks have to worry about that too much with these brackets. So, no, I think you did a great job. There's a way to fix that. Go vote. 
Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm going to try to make sure that I'm promoting it, you know, quite a bit in, in the coming days because, you know, especially in these first rounds, you know, you kind of are trying to gather up momentum as we kind of go into the weekend. And, you know, from there, I think the first round you're going to see, there, there may be, you know, there'll be a few surprises. The first round, though, you're going to see a lot of blowouts similar to with the brewery bracket because I don't think there's going to be too many people picking Wichita over Denver or Anchorage over San Diego. But once you get into the second round, and especially the Sweet 16, there's going to be a lot of tough matchups. I mean, there, there's a some deep – it's really a deep field, especially the – I don't know if folks have looked at the, bottom, at, at the brackets themselves, but in the bottom left, we have Chicago as the one seed, which is the, the weakest of the one seeds, but then you have Asheville, Seattle, Cincinnati, Nashville, St. Louis, Boulder, Indiana. I mean, it's just – there's there's so many different potential ways that things could go, so that that's a big part of the fun. All right, it'd be a lot of fun. Hey Joel, this is Tom. One of the uh, as you know, one of the reasons we got into this, like you, is that we enjoyed going to the microbreweries and talking to the people and finding out their stories, their origin story, if you will. So, having traveled as much as you have, you know, what's one of the coolest origin stories you've run across in your travels? Um, so the, the coolest story, yeah. So, uh, is definitely, so there's a brewery in, uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts, and it's called Mayflower Brewing Company for obvious reasons. <laughs> but the, the guy that started the owner, he is the great, 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 however many greats it takes. I forget how many greats it is. The great, great, whatever grandson of the original beer barrel Cooper that came over on the Mayflower. Oh, that's awesome. Um, he's a direct descendant of the person who in some ways is responsible for bringing beer to America. Uh, so that is the one that always sticks with me uh, because I mean, it, it's hard to top that once you know that one. Yeah. That's no way. Right. So yeah, that, that would be the one that's always stuck with me. Although, like I said, I mean, there's so many, I mean, there's so many great stories, but yeah, if you're asking for the one that has stuck out the most, that, that that's definitely it. So that's like Brewery Zero. That's the that's the place where the, all this started from. Is that that guy's uh, ancestor, right? Yeah, pretty much. They had a really good cream ale too. So not only is it the origin story, it's the origin point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Although I will say, I think I think many people will concur with this opinion. Is if you've been there, seeing Plymouth Rock, like it's cool to say you went and saw it, but it's it's pretty, uh, it's very touristy and kind of uh, underwhelming for the, for the most part. <laughs> but it's a good story. And you can say you've been there. Yeah, very much so. Now, Joel, any thought on doing a single beer tournament? So I've, I've had folks ask about that, you know, doing a, either, you know, just trying to do best beers or someone even just said to take the brewery madness bracket and replace each brewery with their flagship beer. And, and we'll see how things kind of play out. I think in some cases it would be very hard to decide which beer to use for each brewery. Um, yeah. But because and I also do know I, I know of other I actually know there's someone here in Wisconsin uh, that writes for large publication and they in each year they do kind of a March Madness style bracket that's just of beers for Wisconsin. Uh, so that is something that you know at least on different state levels I know has been done. Uh, so it. I'll, I, I, you know, I may at least look into it, but for now, you know, the focus is on, you know, after wrapping up brewery madness and moving on to beer, you know, the beer city madness, as I'm calling it, uh, 
we'll see how it all plays out. You know, it is it is quite a bit of work to kind of keep track of all of it and be posting constantly all the different matchups and polls and keeping track of it all. Uh, but like I said, overall though, it, it is enjoyable. So who, who knows? We may we may see another one. Well, hopefully, at some point, we're able to start visiting breweries again, and we can. Uh, I know. <laughs> go out there and check out the actual breweries and make the decisions on our own. I know. Well, that's. I've already decided, like, at some point, because I've, I, with all these brackets, yeah, with all the brackets I've been adding, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of new folks have been following me. And once it's done, I'm going to kind of like quote tweet one of my old posts that are more typical, you know, of my brief visit posts and be like, hey, just so you guys know, this is actually what you'll see because <laughs> right now we're just kind of up in the air and not really being able to do much. Right. But I do appreciate this because I actually now have a list of, you uh, kind of a wish list on breweries I need to go check out now. So that's, thank you for putting that together. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I think the city, I think the city one is going to, is going to do the kind of the same thing. I, I, my, exactly. my hope is, is that people that are, that are voting, it won't be everyone, but it, at least if, you know, some of like the lesser known cities advance at least through one or two rounds that some of the people are kind of Googling it, like breweries right. in such and such city uh, to kind of, you know, m- kind of realize that they're out there. That's my first thing I Google when I'm visiting anywhere is breweries near me or breweries. Oh yeah. It, it, Yep. Anytime anybody mentions, "Hey, I'm traveling here. We're going here." That's the first. That's the first Google search. I'm I'm glad that other people like that too, because my wife thinks I'm obsessed. Because I'll map out stuff for even potential trips, even before they're you know decided <laughs> on. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've, I'm always and I generally have it worked out. Like whenever we go somewhere, I have I have a schedule worked out for each night that we're going to be in a place. Like <laughs> I'm going to hit such and such. Like I'm going to hit this pocket of breweries, or I'm going to go from here to here. And I generally try to have it kind of like an all outlined out so that I'm not. Uh, you know, missing out on anything because it has happened before where it's happened once or twice where I've shown up to a brewery and they were closed. Uh, so, you know, I, I now try to, I'm, I'm much more diligent making sure that I'm aware of their hours because every now and then you'll stumble upon a brewery that has kind of weird hours where maybe they close at six o'clock on a Sunday or, you know, something right. like that, that you aren't anticipating. Yep. It's good to have a plan. Well, talent takes it up a level. Yep. He prints out our itinerary and puts on the back of a concert t-shirt for us. Yeah, exactly. That's the shirt I wear on day one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Joel, uh, for all of us that are that are locked in at home and slowly working our way through our beer fridge, or quickly working our way through our beer fridge, uh, we can't thank you enough for all the time and effort you're putting into your brackets. They're really fun. Uh, can you remind people where they can find you and read more about your brewery travels? Yeah, for sure. So on social media, uh, on Twitter. I'm just at brewery travels uh, on Instagram. I am at brewery underscore travels because someone already had my original name and you know, that's whatever. Um, and then my website is uh, the brewery travels.com. Uh, and that will be where, you know, like I said, I post a lot of articles. It'll have, you know, a current up to date count on my breweries. And there's like a, a map that I'll be updating uh, that kind of pinpoints every single brewery visit that I've, that I've had. Uh, but yeah, like I said, once things get back to normal right now, I haven't been posting as much, at least on Instagram as of late, but once things get back to normal, I do a post for every single brewery visit I do, uh, you know, to try to give people at least a little look into, uh, kind of breweries from around the country. And I'm always open. Like I said, I, I try to interact with everybody that, you know, responds to any of my posts. Uh, I'm more than happy to chat with pretty much anybody about beer, um, or breweries and, you know, travel in general. So yeah, just something I really enjoy doing. 
Well, fantastic. We hope next time you're in SoCal visiting the grandparents and you look us up, we'll take you out for a couple pints to some of our favorite places. Yeah, absolutely. We should definitely try to try to meet up sometime because I know whenever we generally try to get back there about once a year and I, and I generally you know try to meet up with some other folks that I know too. So yeah, I'd be more than happy to look into setting something up because that, that would be a lot of fun. It's always, it's always nice to meet like-minded people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, Joel Geyer of Brewery Travels, thank you so much for taking time to call in. Hey, we're excited about this new tournament. We'll be following your travels once the world returns to some form of normal. And take us up on that offer. When you're in SoCal, let us know. Yes. And people, make sure you vote. Beer City Madness. Yeah, you got to get in there and vote. Absolutely. And, and thank you guys again for having me on. I, I very much appreciate it. Uh, I always, like I said, love being able to share kind of and not just really my story, but just the story of the breweries and, you know, just chatting about beer in general. Yeah, no problem. It was a pleasure meeting you. Likewise. Thanks for taking time to listen in today. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with Joel Geyer of Brewery Travels. We'd love to chat some more, but right now, we got to run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a ten and a five, or a car and a key and a sober driver. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run.